You are listening to Sports Roundtable. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Sports Roundtable. I am Bob Franco for episode 253. Before we continue with the multitude of topics that we have on the table, let me introduce our panel. Let's start out today with Michael Garrett, the Reverend Michael Garrett. Good afternoon, everybody. Peter Alchul. Good afternoon from Columbia, Missouri, where the Missouri Tigers got killed, which is what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, you you predict that a lot from Missouri. (laughs) That's nothing new. Justifiable, yes. Go ahead. Okay, Michael, what were you going to say? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, I was just going to say from a from a very mild Missouri City, Texas today. All right. Don Wardlow. Hi there from Jersey where the Giants actually won. Holy cow. Unbelievable. Couldn't and believe Jets, it. The Good Jets, go- we knew they were going to lose. Of course. And last but not least, Luther King. Good afternoon from a 77 degree, partly cloudy Nashville, Tennessee, where there are hot takes exposed again at the Titans' expense. But we'll get into that. Well, I I predict the Titans last week. Boy, was I wrong. Well, anyway, I think we all were wrong. <laughs> anyway, we'll, let we'll, me f- thank, we'll discuss why. Yes, let me thank those people who make it possible for a sports roundtable to be on the air and to be made available to the public. Raymond Gay, no. our producer, thank you very much. As always, uh, our media outlets, thank you for airing us. Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place, thank you for posting our programs on Board 14. Jacqueline Sylvia of JS Web Solutions, who designs websites. She has our shows archived on my website, brancoevents.com, www, that is. And I also want to give a special shout out to Kayla, who is acting as our official host for today's program. Kayla, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. We appreciate that very much. Okay. There's a lot of football to talk about, obviously, but I do want to start out the program with baseball only because there have been some new rules to think about. We've all talked about them before, too. Two in particular that I want to talk about. Well, three, if you want to count the big bases. I don't understand that one, but I guess that's all right. It's not going to hurt the fan that much. Okay, so, hallelujah, we finally get rid of the shifts. Wow, that is amazing. We Mm -hmm. go back to having two players on each side of the diamond. I mean, they can be some variables into where they are positioned. You know, you can go so far back, but you're not going to have the third baseman play short right field or the first baseman playing near the dugout or the shortstop playing second base. That's not going to happen. Thank God. Also, we're going to finally have the pitch clock, which I like the idea and the concept of the pitch clock. I have mixed feelings about it only because it gives the umpire a pat on the back once again, but okay. If we have to have the pitch clock, we have the pitch clock. And the other one, that strikes out at me funny, which nobody hardly ever talks about. They're going to minimize the number of throws to first base that a pitcher can make with a man on base. Only two. This happened 
at AAA because I hear it listen to a lot of the sounds games and they've had this in place at the minor league level for the last few years. But wouldn't that invite more steals? Well, in a nutshell, yes. But the basic tenor of the rule is with the pitch clock is when you have nobody on base, you can have, you only have up to 19 seconds. And with men on base, you only have 15 seconds. If you don't throw a pitch within that amount of time, you get credited automatic ball, which kind of works out because it has to make the pitcher have to throw and you're only limited to two moves for the base. If you try to go for a third and you miss, you get a balk, and it's an automatic 90 feet, which I actually like because it speeds the game up. Right, right. And but you're also, you're also inviting stolen bases. Well, yeah. It, well, it, well it, it, you get the stolen base if, you, if the pitcher's not paying attention either. So, But he can't make any more efforts than two. Well, that's all he can do because the third one, if, if he throws, if he decides to go up there, he gets an extra base. Right, because that's the way the rule is worded. I'm just wondering about the logistics of the rule. Why did, well, why did he, they, what, what he's going to have to do is throw the guy out at second. Well, yeah, that's the only other way he can get it. Yep. Yeah. Right, but after that, but after that, the guy is still going to run if he wants to, and, and nobody's going to stop him. And that comes down okay. to the pitch. Sure. And that comes down to the pitcher paying attention. And the catcher, paying if he gets a but, ball that he can what throw. Happened, what, what happens is, think about it this way too. If you've got a, you got to work out the sign between your pitch, you catch your first base, first and second base, or a shortstop, yep. whoever's covered. Mm-hmm. But it's actually going to be a shorter throw than throwing. Well, it's going to have to be a shorter throw. The, yeah, and having the catcher throw the throw the guy out at second base. As Joe Garagiola, so, Joe Garagiola, back in the eighties, when he was talking about you know pitchers going or the catcher throwing down. It was. It's like the be there play, where if he's, if the pitcher's throwing to a bag, it's like the infielder better be there, because if that throw go, if that throw gets away, he automatically gets another base anyway. Bottom line is, I, I think baseball wants the game to be more exciting. So they want to shorten the game, and they want to. I think stolen bases is used as an excitement factor. Exactly. So you know, okay. I think it's going to lead to higher scoring games right. and not necessarily shorter games. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not yep. shorter games, but for the for the casual baseball fan, it's gonna. It's I think it's going to you know bring them back a little bit to enjoying baseball. I think. But 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 I thought I saw a statistic that in AAA the games have on average been shortened by twenty minutes. Yes. With these new rules. I mean that that's a significant. I, th- I think the game for the sound yesterday took about just under two and a, just over two and a half hours instead of the normal two hour, unless you go extra innings and you're looking at over three hours. But I think the sounds have averaged like two and a half, 220 per game. So they're pretty much done before 10 o'clock. Don, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, I have no problem with bringing stolen bases back into the game I and mean, that was a big part of it in the 60s 70s and 80s you know it's basically gone away because everybody's waiting for the three run home run and or a weaver ball if this is if this is the way to bring the steal back and you know get the the catchers you know throwing runners out at second base again you know then no problem with that you know now, it is still 
theoretically possible. It only happens a couple of times, like when um, Spencer Strider shook out 16 guys in a game recently. Mm-hmm. That, that game was done in under two hours. Yep. Um, when Dylan Cease pitched his no-hitter, that game was done in under two hours. It can be done, but you have a lot of pitchers who are afraid to trust their stuff. And there have been pitchers who've been feeling that way for something, something like 30 years. You know, sure. that w- what the what the coaches say in spring training, they 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 they, they lean out toward where the pitcher is and they yell. Babe Ruth is dead to encourage the guy to trust his stuff. Mm-hmm. Don, here's what I heard. I heard that one of the reasons why pitchers are taking long is because analytical people are telling them that the more they wait, the more harder they continue to throw. I hadn't heard that one. But that's a new one on me. That's a new I've not heard that one, but, you know. Because baseball is trending, as we all know to either swing as hard as you can or throw as hard as you can. Now, I will believe that that the hitters will be getting to where they feel like their heads are going to explode as they watch the pitchers walking around the mound, walking around the mound again, walking around oh, the batters mound. batters do it too, Don. And, the, and, and don't forget the rosin bat. I was getting, getting there. I <laughs> hadn't gotten to the batters yet. Okay. But... <laughs> The, and the palm the, tar and yada yada yada. Oh my! <sighs> yeah, you're right. You, you, all those things are yeah. are delaying tactics. I mean, Mike Hargrove was the famous human rain delay. <laughs> yeah, the, Steve Tractel. Don't forget about him. Nelson Bryles. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we we could so, we could have a, we could have a whole show on this. <laughs> absolutely, but so, there are so, two things. There are two things about shortening the games though that are trending in the other direction one is the networks are having three minutes worth of commercials between innings as opposed to 90 minutes that doesn't help the length of the game at all and the uh this whole review process sometimes that takes a long time maybe it shouldn't but it does yeah that that kind of that kind of gets annoying but i mean i know i know they want to get it right but like same thing with the NFL. It's like we're going. It's like when on TV we're going to we're going to a commercial break, and while they're at a commercial break, they come back just in time for us to hear what the what the final verdict is on TV. I'm not sure, Bob, when the the commercials are three minutes. I understood they were ninety seconds during regular season and two minutes fifteen seconds either on. National high, national TV. Games I think I think on, on national is two forty. Okay, then they they've increased that. And yeah, they they moved it up. I think fifty seconds. And because I I, I I I had a chance to talk to a uh, <clears throat> person at Learfield who's retired now, but I asked him about that, and he's like, for the NCAA tournament on the radio side, they still keep it. They just extend the breaks out to two minutes, which still gives them about 40 seconds of talk time before play comes back in. Mm-hmm. 
And plus they have and, another live read coming out of the break. And of so. course in, in the world series and the playoffs, you're going to have. Yeah. Longer. It's going to, it's going to be about three and a half, four minutes. You would think. So I don't, I, I don't think we're there yet. I, I hope we never get that. Long. Well, I, th- I think, I think it's like three, I think it's like three, I think maybe two and a half. Peter? I don't know on the radio I, I, side. I, since we're talking about baseball, I wanted to, I wanted to make a couple of comments about <laughs> games that our teams to pay attention to. Uh, two two that come to mind immediately. One is I do, as much as I hate the Yankees, they did take two out of three over Tampa Bay, so they are Huge. pretty good shape to 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 win the AF to AL East. Yeah, uh, much to my annoyance, but hey, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Yankees. And the other the other the other team that I want to be a props to, courtesy of my Mets, is the Seattle Mariners. I don't know if anybody oh, watched that watched that game on Sunday. The, the, oh, what a uh, game! Today. That was an incredible. I mean, that was crazy. That the Braves absolutely- had, I think, the Braves what had a lead and then yeah, lost they made it. it. They made it seven to six. Bravos in the top of the ninth, yep. but in the bottom of the ninth, you got back to back jacks from Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners, and then Eugenio Suarez back to back. And because of the Braves losing two out of three and the Mets winning two out of three in the land of the fishies. They're back in first. The Mets are back in first by a game and a half. I mean, I I still think the Braves will will, will pass them. But for the moment, the Mets are still in first place and I'm I'm still happy. Um, Here's a question. The Astros just can't get any separation. We're still 11 games up. It's the the Yankees that's the problem. I, and but we're reducing the 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 you know the magic the number, number for the division. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're reducing that, but but I still wanted a little more separation. <laughs> well, here, well, here, what, well, what worries me about the the, the Astros, uh, Mike, is that the Yankees appear to be gaining ground. They might, if they're not careful, they're going to lose home field. The Astros did you are. did you guys see what was it, Don? You may be on top of this, but I remember. Aaron Boone pulled Aaron Hicks off the field, I think, on Friday night on Derek Jeter celebration night for missing two fly balls. He pulled him. Wow, that I missed. But if he did it, uh, then he did. Then, then you know I'm what? Like, I, for the first time since he's been hired, I may applaud the man. Because and I'm thinking, like, hey, Boone, you're now starting to pull guys that aren't doing their job like they're supposed to. That's you're just now figuring this out. That's old school manager stuff. That's exactly. Like what Gil Hodges did to Cleon Jones in 69. I don't know if it was a playoff or if it was late in the regular season, but I think it was late. Cleon was lollygagging after a ball in the outfield and and Gil Hodges came out and, and hauled him right off the field. Didn't think twice about it. And that was, I know, 50 odd years ago. And, you know, now, theoretically, you know, Hicks could go to the union and raise his stink. But good luck. Yeah, good luck. If you start raising a stink over everything managers do, we're going to have a big mess. <laughs> well, here, well, look, Boom should have been pulling some of the guys that weren't doing their job. I mean, you've got enough depth back there that if you need to take a guy out for, for them not doing their job, you got to do what you got to do. Boone's never been that kind of man. I know, and that's kind of the problem. Been saying that that if George were alive, Boone would have lasted half of the. He would have. He wouldn't even have lasted half a season. He probably would have been. He would have been out like a game fifty. Last year, he would have been out probably. Oh, maybe. 
So I guess the, 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 the major race we need to pay attention to is the AFC Central, right? The Guardians, the, the White AL Sox, Central Guardians and, and White Sox. The Twins have faded fast. The Twins yeah, are falling. Twins. Yes, they, are falling. since the yeah. trade deadline, they have faded. Yeah. And I don't know if our I don't know if our Twins represent our Twins fan is in here today or not. But oh, I, if Troy. he's he, yeah, if Troy's here, I'm going to ask him like, what is he? What does he think's gone wrong with his team? I mean, his team is not hitting. I mean, they're getting they're getting okay pitching, but they're not getting great pitching, and the back end of the bullpen's kind of failed. And I'll tell you what, this is a team that hit 300 home runs a couple years back. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, but, but they couldn't pitch very well. But they couldn't pitch. Unfortunately, my friend Rocco Baldelli might be, you know. He might on, be a casualty. On the way out the door, right. I was getting there. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking, like, do you think maybe, I don't know, could a Joe Girardi fix that Twins team? Maybe. Or, uh, you know, a Joe Madden, somebody like that. Do you, do you think? Do you think the Twins are? I mean, well, what do you think? They, what do you What do you think about Council, Council in Milwaukee? They're kind of fading too. They're still eight yeah. games out, and the Cardinals have a two game series with them tomorrow. But I don't think the Cardinals and Brewers have any more games to play. And you know, so getting Brewers, back to Minnesota, getting back to Minnesota, they are they'll likely lose Sano and Correa. Probably. Yeah. Well, because that, that, I, 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 I thought. Is Korea going to stay with them? Because I thought he, I rumors. thought he had signed a multi-year deal. Option opt out. Okay, opt out. Yeah, got opt out. Yeah. Okay, he's, I think he's he, got like he, two. He could, he could move on. He could. Move yeah, on. he could. But where would he but, go? Oh, like there are many. I'm sure there are plenty, plenty of teams who'd want him. Not Maybe the Yankees. Wherever, wherever the money is. Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 so, but I, my recollection is I could be wrong. That the Twins at the beginning of the year, the Twins were not expected to do very much. Am I wrong about that? I thought oh, the, the first half uh, of the they, season, they, they were in the first, conversation. No, no, I, I, I'm not talking about. I'll talk about you know the preseason. You know who's going to make the playoffs? Who's going to win? I think I think they were in the conversation. They were. The AL Central yes. was like the weakest division of all of them, with the White Sox, Guardians, Twins, Tigers, Royals. I mean, I thought the Tigers would do better than what they're I, doing. I, I thought yeah, so too. too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, so, so. the Royals. I thought they'd be a little bit better, but they're pretty much the same team. So the talk was that they thought that Carlos Correa would be the Carlos Correa of old, and he has not. Been. He's, he's not. underperformed. He's he, underperformed. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely done that. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. So, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I thought Mike was going to say something. No, I mean, I think uh, I think it was, I think it was me, Luther. I wanted to. Uh, if this is okay, I'd like to, since we're talking about Minnesota teams, I thought we should, we, we should talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, what a day they had who, against my who, Packers. Uh, uh, who really uh, did a number on the Packers. I was Yeah, really they did. Surprised. A lot of upsets yesterday. I mean, uh, oh, where do, where do I start? Pittsburgh over Cincinnati. I thought that, that was one was the shocker to me because I didn't think the Steelers would force five turnovers against Joe Burrow and the boys and still somehow in overtime survive. If it wasn't for a blocked extra point and a, you know, pulled field goal, they probably win that game in regulation. Well, you know, you know what happened to Cincinnati? I, 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 special teams. It comes back to special teams. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. they lost. They lost their snapper. And and look and look at the I, I, and look at the look at the Titans well, game yesterday. Well, for for uh, this game back to the to the Pittsburgh Cleveland game. <sighs> uh, I'm sorry, Cincinnati game. Cincinnati lost their snapper in the, yeah. in the fourth quarter, and that killed them. That absolutely killed them. Yeah, that's well, what yeah, it, but that, yeah, point and, I mean, the, you, and the field goal and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's why you know I, we, you know we've been talking about this on and off 
But extra, uh, but uh, special teams is really, really important. Look at look at college. Look at Texas A and M and Appalachian State. Same that, thing. That, that, came that down too. to a field goal, and it was it. blocked, and then it and then it and then it pushed, went wide left. And I'm yeah. like, oh Jesus. Yeah, well, Texas A and M, they're obviously overrated. That's and because and because of that, and when I looked at the looked at the college football rankings this morning, they dropped all the way from sixth all the way down to twenty fourth. And what about Notre Dame? They lost. Oh, Notre Dame fell yes. out of the top twenty. They're out. They're out. They're out totally. Yeah. And um, look, I I couldn't believe Marshall went in there and beat them like that. I actually wait. Yes, I can. Well, I actually, I mean, and Georgia and Georgia jumped Bama for the number one spot. Well, I I want to I want to give Mike props to Texas. They almost yeah really. That they would have been, gave it all they you know, had. An amazing upset if they'd be able to pull that off. That would have been awesome. No kidding. Uh, as, as I would SEC. love to have seen my starting quarterback play the whole game. Yeah, that didn't help. Did it? Yeah, Quentin Mears, he got smoked on the second series. It's like, it seems like every time they play Alabama, one of your quarterbacks get hurt. That's <laughs> true. It, it that's, just, that's, I mean, it, if it, for, Texas, for Texas QBs against Alabama, if it wasn't for bad luck, they'd have no luck at all. I mean, Quentin Mears got smoked in the second series of the game, left shoulder. But hey, Houston Carr did very well yesterday on Saturday, filling in yeah. for him. Well, and, yeah. and well, speaking of, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Mike. No, I, I was just going to say that. Uh, go back to A and M. Uh, somebody said that they were overrated. I think part of that is their quarterback is is, is overrated, but he's surrounded by a bunch, a bunch of four and five star players. But is yeah, so. is their quarterback still Delzada? Delzada or whatever the heck that uh, kid's name is? Uh, King. Uh, okay. King, Kate, King Haynes King or something, something like something that. Something like that. The, the 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 word on is that he's he's over he's overrated. But Jimbo will come up with a quarterback. So I'm I don't I'm not But here's the question he's got lots of talent. But here's uh, the question how much longer can they stay with, oh, Jimbo's going to have four- and five-star recruits. They're going to have the number one recruiting class. At what point, do, what point do the boosters and fan base get tired of hearing, oh, we're still going to be the same eight and four and lose to App State and, and the way Georgia Southern came into somebody else's house and won their game? Nebraska. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Who Nebraska. fired their head coach on yesterday. Ah. I, I, I mean, Nebraska is so awful. I mean, uh, we, we, we his, played them his all the time. was hot before the season. That's right. Oh. Yep. Yep. After, after the hot. loss to Northwestern and Dublin, Ireland, the big 10 opener, and then you come yep. home <laughs> and lose to Georgia Southern. Why did yep. I not? Why was I not surprised when Scott Frost got canned yesterday? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, oh. they are, they are. They, 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 look, somebody, somebody posted on Twitter this morning asking the, I think it was uh, Tim Brando and, uh, Cole, Cole Kubelik from the SEC Network. They asked the que- they asked the question is like for these co- for these universities, the, their next candidate. It's the question shouldn't be is the can- you know is the school good for the candidate? What if they what if the can you know make sure the candidate's good for the school? Because right now what they've done is they've created a dumpster fire. Because right now Tom Osborne's shadow, Tom Osborne ain't walking through that door. And that's for darn sure. But you know, well, they uh, but, thought that 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 he, since he was homegrown, you know, the the, the the darling of the school, that he would have made a good fit. He had a great career at at US at UCF, so you know that yeah. that was 
ask how that, that ask was the, right when he was ready to come home and and bring Nebraska back to the top. Ask the University of Memphis how alumni, former football player Larry Porter, and his era went bad. And I listened to all of it. It was garbage. But it really, it was, to me, it's a mystery because Frost had a really good track record at, at UCF, as Mike, Michael said. And, and, you know, it should have worked. I don't know why it didn't. I, I, you know, we'll well, here, here's, here's part of the problem for Nebraska. Part of it. They still think they can run that three yards in a cloud of dust. They still think they can do that until they figure out how to get an offense that can keep up with the powerhouses like the Oklahomas and the USC's trying to make the make the comeback and the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. And oh yeah, Nebraska's got to play Oklahoma this week in Oklahoma and Oklahoma could boat race them right off the freaking field. With I, would not be, I would I would not be shocked if, if the Nebraska look I look I can game. I mean I could see that score being like twenty five that that or that scoring line uh, that um point total would be at least double digits before the game on Saturday would not shock me at all. So before we before we uh, uh, open sorry, it up I, for I, the community, I, I do want to comment on something that absolutely floored me back in the NFL. And Mike, I hate to raise this issue, but the Cowboys uh, look, just looked awful. They awful. Looked Awful. Well, never mind that he, he did get hurt, but even before he got hurt, they looked awful. Their did defense, you, their yeah. defense sort of saved them. I mean, it was still, you know, it would, could have been a whole lot worse. Their defense was fairly good. Did you, did you see the, fir- the first drive of the game? They drove it right down Tampa's throat, but then they got bogged down inside the red zone. If you're supposed to be this big, bad offense that can score points in bunches, you got to finish that drive, don't you guys? And they had to they settle for a field goal. It, that game could have been really bad. I I looked at it at the, at halftime. It could have been thirty five. Oh, definitely, <laughs> easily, easily, thirty five. Definitely, if it wasn't for Michael Parsons with his two sacks. Yeah, right. Parsons, Parsons, Parsons is special. Has, Let me tell you, the defense has a problem in that he he didn't get much help. No, he didn't, Brady. And and add to that that Brady gets rid of the ball quickly too. They had a they had a great offensive plan, and they executed. They and look, well. I liked what Tampa did. I liked the balance they showed. They ran the ball. They didn't ask Brady to do everything. They basically kept him with some safe, easy, quick throws that he could get to his wide receivers and tight ends. It was a basic game plan. Dallas never challenged him. Dallas basically stayed with, okay, we're just going to keep running the ball. Here's another question I'd like to bring to the floor, though, guys. What point do we say, at what point are we going to get to the point where Kellen Moore, we can just all admit he's a sucky offensive coordinator and just put Mike McCarthy as a freaking offensive coordinator? Because that's why he won his last Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers 12 years ago. At what point do we just say, Kellen Moore, you suck as a coach. You lose your offensive coordinator privileges. There was talk about that this morning, actually. I I I know. I think he's. I think he's a pretty decent offensive coordinator, Luther. I think because he's done some innovative things, but when you don't have the quality of player, it, 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 you know, he's got he's got one receiver. Yeah, uh, C.D. Lamb, who got like three or four passes. Yeah, and and the rest of them are, are and all, and all they could do all they could do in the third and fourth quarter before Dak got hurt was throw underneath to Pollard off of jet sweep, dump it to Dalton yeah. Schultz. 
and the Cowboys and, have three and, injuries and, already. Which, which they didn't do. They didn't utilize the tight end in the, in, in the Exactly. First and I'm like, but, but, you're, but now before, you're using the tight end in the third quarter? Really? Yeah. Now? Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Before, before, we, before we open it up, let me make an observation. Because I told you guys to watch Houston. Yep. That's that's you know that's 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 an interesting that's interesting. Oh, that would definitely. Uh, and I ask you guys if Cincinnati was was for real. If uh, I know Burrow is a great quarterback, okay, yep. but I was, was Cincinnati for real. Uh, Pittsburgh, even though they beat them, they lost. Uh, they lost uh, T.J. Watt. Yeah, Back I don't know how long he's out for. Texas. A year, I think. But here's my Here's my observation. <clears throat> just like in preseason football, just like in these first games that you play in college football, the cupcake game, I call them cupcake games. Hostess Bakery. You, can, <laughs> you can't, you, 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 you don't know exactly what you have. Exactly. At the, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So some of these, some of these teams that, that, Start out on a house of fire, uh, you know Minnesota. Yeah, I believe they'll they'll win the win the division, but maybe I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fan. Me I neither. think he'll he'll wilt. I'm with you but, on that. But, but but so just be just be be on the lookout. Watch the ebb and flow because the team that started out really hot might wilt later on. Hey guys, and, and, and the reverse and the reverse is also true, Mike. Right? There, you know, some of these teams who lost, I think, will get their act together and come back. The team that well, comes to mind I, I, like is it, the Rams, I mean, for example. Uh, you know, I think thank you. I was going to get to that. One more yeah. game I yeah. wanted to highlight before we invite the participants: Buffalo Rams. I picked the Rams in that game. I think we all did. So now no, I did. Not. I was educated. I, I, oh, I will tell you, I did not pick Buffalo. Okay. I, I picked Buffalo, and I was right. Okay. So, I was I mean, educated. I don't think I'm going to go against Buffalo for the rest of the year. Well, I well keep in mind they have they I don't I don't know when they're going to get Kansas City, but they might get another stiff competition against the Chiefs because the way the Chiefs looked yesterday, I don't think the Chiefs are going away anytime soon. I think they're well, only getting better. I don't expect them to. Well, they're, I mean, they're playing they're, they're playing San Diego at home on Thursday night. That's a game I really pay attention to, and I will tell you, I'm picking San. I, I'm sorry, Los Angeles. I was I'm still back in the. 19th you know what? Year. They 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 just need to get out of that park, and they just need to go ahead and just go back to Mission Valley where they belong. Well, and get a freaking stadium built there instead of having to share. Well, the, right now, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry, Mitch. It is Los Angeles right uh, Chargers. Chargers, and um, I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. So, uh, uh, really. I do. Wow. Hold, hold I do. on, I Pete. Think. Hold on. Yeah. What yeah. what what did you see from yesterday against the Raiders that gives you confidence that Brandon Staley's not going to put his foot in his mouth and eat his own toe jam? Well, that is, that, that is a problem. I, I'm not going to sit here and defend Staley's actions. But remember who the Chiefs played yesterday. They played the well, They played Cardinals, the Cardinals. Who were, ter- who, who were terrible. They're, 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 <laughs> Did you, you know, see? Oh my God! Did you see Cliff Kingsbury's press conference? No, I didn't. <laughs> that game, I didn't. But they, they, oh, uh, most of the folks who I heard talk about them on on ESPN thought they were not going to be a good team this year, and mm. they sure, especially without well, with, they, uh, Hopkins, who's still me, out. Let me put it this way: if they can't give their quarterback any protection, and Cliff Kingsbury doesn't figure out how to be innovative with his offense, uh, it won't be Kyler Murray that's going to be gone. Because they have the same agent, it's going to be Cliff Kingsbury 
And they looked pathetic the last two games they played. In the playoffs last year, getting stomped and humiliated by the Rams and then getting stomped and humiliated on their home field at State Farm Stadium in Glendale against the Chiefs in their season opener. So I wonder. Let's uh, invite the community in now. We already have a hand up, which is Jane. Jane, Jane. yes. Welcome aboard. How are you? Well, I'm getting better. Um, I don't want to talk about COVID, but. That's what I'm getting through. But I want to tell you that for me, this program is like going to sports school because (laughs) I'm learning how to listen and what to listen for. And yesterday I was so excited because I figured something out all by my big fat self. (laughs) Anyway, what I figured out when they kept talking about Aaron Rodgers couldn't get his head to turn around. I'm going, what is that? And I figured out that he couldn't look around the field like he's supposed to have done. No, he couldn't. And I was so excited about that. I go, okay, quit turning your head. Just look at your the guy so everybody knows what you're going to do, and then it can stop you. But anyway, well, I was Green Bay's ex- got three-fifths of their offensive line out. I know. Bakhti- I- Bakhtiari's out. Uh, <laughs> Jensen is out, and I think Runyon was being checked over yesterday for a concussion. I didn't hear anything oh. if he's out or not. So they pretty well, well fits their offensive line out. You, you and I just I don't Vikings. know whether the Vikings are going to start hot and stay hot. I I know that's a reality that they could just fizzle. It, they're a second but, um, place team. If they if they can if they can if they can get what they got out of their offense yesterday. They might be a team that could threaten, you know, the NFC. But, however, I mean, it's just week one. I mean, it's not overreaction, but I still think Minnesota could either win that division or at least get a wild card spot. So so I I have two questions. Um, Somebody comment a little bit about Kirk Cousins. And the other thing, because I want to know why you don't particularly trust him. Or whatever that was, and I like the new coach here. Um, oh, I love. Kevin seems like he's really stirring the pot and saying, "Look, you guys, change is as good as it's going to get. Let's change." And they're they're doing it. So that's it's all. A, I'll listen, Jane. Jane, Jane. I, I I said that. I think I started off saying. Yeah, that. you, Mike, um, Reverend Mike, did. Yep. Thank because, you. Because because I over the years. Kurt Cousins has been very inconsistent. He's okay. uh, he's 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 played well uh, at times. Uh, it looks like a world beater, and then mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment, he he will let you down. He misses mm-hmm. passes, uh, makes hey. bad reads, those kinds of things. And so, think, so think if, of- if I were if I were a, if I were a twin, uh, uh, I mean a twin <laughs> Vikings <laughs> fan, I would. I would, uh, I would, I would be a little skeptical of him, but so he's I got will really weapons listen. around him. He's great. He's got good weapons. I think he's got enough. I mean, he's got weapons, but it's t- yeah. it's think think of it this way. You know, how you, you know how you. you oh, wait, know, wait, think, Mike. Michael wasn't finished. I uh, want to hear. No, that's good. That's good. Well, I, I will say this: he's got weapons. I mean, he actually did something I didn't think he could do. I think O'Connell finally got him to stop being a freaking turtle back there in the pocket and step up and throw. 
Because with Mike Zimmer being cantankerous and boring and old school as Snore, Kirk Cousins, every time, every time he got pressure, he just stood there and just let the defense just beat him up. But Kirk Cousins is almost like that first date. You want to date them, but then they flake where they don't show up. And I think that's what Mike was getting at. So that's what I, I, I agree with Mike on that. But if they, if it comes down to matchups in the playoffs, if they get in and they get a good matchup, they can do something. But it's so all going to come down to what the Vikings do. So, Jane, I just I just wanted to add to what uh, has been said. One is I was listening to the uh, the, uh, the the Vikings broadcast yesterday for a while. And they were just agog at the at the coach and how they're how he's doing different yeah. things, and new things. Yes, they and, were. And and I think you know if, if that's the case, that might really liberate Cousins to do something good. Yes. Uh, and 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 one other comment about the reason that people don't trust Cousins. My recollection is he plays down to the competition. So yeah, words, he does. If he if he's playing a good team, he's likely to pay play reasonably well. But if he's playing a lousy team, he's likely to less less likely to pay really well. So don't yeah. I'm just so going to say don't be shocked. If Green Bay right. and Minnesota split, well, the I, other I, thing is either Green Bay was just playing so lousy we were much better, or <laughs> I don't know. I just think they it was a great game yesterday, and I and I was able to listen I with will, intent I will to learn. Say this: I think Lafleur and Green Bay will <clears> figure <throat> it out. I I mean, they usually well, do. They, I mean, yeah, they do, do I do I bet against a coach that even though they suck week one, they figure it out? No. Do I trust mm-hmm. that they'll fit? You know, do I trust they'll figure out their running backs and get those youngins up to speed quick? Yep. Jane, thank you. Thank you, Jane. The, yep. the other, the other team, the other team to watch in that division, and they, the I, Bears. I competitive, no, the Bears, the Lions, not the Bears, the Lions, not the Bears. Lions, the Lions. Yeah, really. Watch the Lions. They've got some pieces. Uh, DeAndre DeAndre Swift. Oh yes. Uh, you know he. he had Jameson a good game Williams yesterday. when he comes back. Yeah, yeah. So watch the Lions. I don't know. They they could be competitive. I don't know that. I mean, they've always been competitive. Here's the thing, though, Mike. The Lions have always been competitive. It's just the fact: can they, you know, take that competitiveness and carry it? You know, in a meaning into a meaningful game with a playoff spot on the line. Right, well, right. there, there, there were there were so many games that the Lions could have won last year. Exactly. And so if if they could just turn around and win, you know, three or four or five of those games, they're, they're at least be, four of them. They're not going to make the playoffs. Well, no, they're, they're, they're going to be a better team. And I just want to get back to uh, very quickly about Green Bay. They play, I think, on next the Sunday night at home against Chicago. Yep. If the yep. Bears beat the Packers. Then trouble. Packers are in trouble. Then I'm in. Then then I. Green yeah. Bay is in trouble. Yeah. Because I can I can understand them losing week one. Yes, sir. But do you have anybody else? We do. We have two more hands. Troy right. is up next. Oh, uh, the Minnesota uh, Twins. Ah, speak of the devil. Here we there, go. Troy. <laughs> Perfect timing. Hi, Troy. Hey, Troy. Troy, what's wrong with Minnesota? What's up with the Twinkies? <laughs> um. Okay, so <laughs> I, I I think. I've, I think the problems maybe are a little more than what you mentioned. I don't think the pitching is all there, to tell you the truth. Especially uh, at the back end for me. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like how Lopez is looking since they made that trade. You got an Archer? My goodness. Yeah, Archer's Ooh. actually on the I.L. He had oh, – yeah, he left the game after a second inning on Saturday night. 
Oh, uh, boy. Due to uh, tightness in his uh, pectoral muscles or something like that, oh, soreness okay. or whatever. And and the thing is, um, here's another thing that stands out to me about, about, about the Minnesota Twins is they have not done very well on very well on the road since the all-star break they are like four and 16 on the road which is not good and lost three out of four at the yankees yes yes but uh, you know korea carlos uh he 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 did hit out hit a home run that won the game for the twins against new york on thursday night and that's probably been his biggest hit so far and the other thing with uh, Correa, he is not hitting very well with runners in scoring uh, position. That is, that's the thing that stands out to me. I, I think his banner is like 147 or something like that. Troy, like when that. do you think, when do you think we'll see Maeda? I, well, I, I think we'll see him, Kenta Maeda, next, by next spring. I, I know he's done some rehab stuff, but they have said to not expect him to be up this season. Um, at, at this point, so that would be a help. You almost about, won the Cy Young. Yeah, uh, it would recently. What bothers, yeah. about, what bothers me about the Twins against the Yankees that all those games that they, you know, the, the three games they lost, they could have easily won. They had leads in a couple yep. of them and blew and, them all, and blew them all. And you know, that's that's not. I think I think uh, I think one was what a three run lead, and I think the other two were like one and two run leads, and blew them all. I, yep. as, a, as, as an anti-Yankee fan, it broke my heart. The Twins did. I'm I, sure it did. Where, <laughs> okay. Do, do you, they I had mean, that one you, game went 12 innings. That was a marvelous game. Yeah, it, it was. was. <laughs> it was a good game. Just, just the wrong team won. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Troy. What sure. do, you, do you think? Do you think Baldelli's out the door after this, or do you think they're going to give him one more year before he gets the hangman's noose? You know, I I think there. Are, a lot of Twins fans would like to see him out the door, but my thinking is, just from observations, that because of the injuries we've we've had this season, that they're going to give Baldelli another year. That's just my observation. Unless things really go bad this month, I, I think Baldelli is back next year, whether we like it or not, as Twins fans. And I agree with you. I mean, but the, but the thing is, the Twins, they can get on a hot streak and some teams fall back to them. They can either win the division or somehow get that last wild card because Toronto was not playing very well either, and they just got they jumped. Now. By, and they just got jumped by Seattle over the weekend. Yeah, well, I don't. Um, the Twins are more likely to win the division, but it all starts. Um, well, we do have a three-game series against Kansas City, but at, this weekend the Twins will have a five-game series in Cleveland, and. If they don't do well in that series, and they did not do very well in Cleveland last June, I think I think they only won two games there. Uh, and they actually were walked off back-to-back games. I mean, lost in our game in late innings in Cleveland. But if they can win three out of five in Cleveland this weekend, that would, that would help. Maybe even four out of five, five would be better. Yeah, four uh, out of five I, would be better. But it all starts in Cleveland. And the other thing is, we have six more games. With the White Sox. Yep. This, Big this games. Big. Huge. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of all, you know, the other, the other teams we play, we play Kansas City twice. Yep. We play Anaheim once, and we huh. play uh, Detroit once. You should win all those series, but the, but, the, but the next eight you're talking about, well, yeah, what, the next eight you're talking about? Or 11? Yeah. 
with the with the Guardians and the White Sox, um, five game series and the two three gamers. I think. Yep. Yep. Those eleven games are going to tell an awful lot about where your team is. Yeah. Yeah, you should yeah. win eight of those. Seven or eight would be good. Seven eight would be preferable because that would mean you jump both Chicago and most likely Cleveland on much Cleveland somehow goes six and five. Because that's technically all Cleveland has to do is go, you know, six and five. Or if they're playing eight games against each other, probably what, five and three against no. Minnesota? Four even, and four, even, even then I don't it, know. Split it, you know, this split it will probably be enough. Anyway, I, I, I've sort of lost uh, 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 confidence in the Twins, but I, maybe I'll be wrong. You know, uh, I hope I'm wrong because I, I like the Twins, and I, I really hope they can figure it out because I think if they get it right, they could be a team that could terrorize the American League if they get it right. Thank you so much, Troy. Thank you, Troy. Kayla, who's the other who's person next? with their hand raised? Mitch is here. Mitch, how are Mitch? you? Congratulations to your – Congratulations to your Dodgers for clinching the playoff spot and your magic number to win your division is three. Uh, that'll be that'll be a discussion of uh, for next week's call. But a couple <laughs> of football comments and a couple of baseball comments. Uh, everybody's overreacting to the first week, and I'm not saying that Green Bay is going to be uh, a good team this year because I don't think they will. But uh, they got very deep in the playoffs last year, and they lost their opener to the Saints. What thirty-eight to nothing. 38 to 30. And, I remember that yeah. game very well. Yeah. And and the offensive line play uh was horrific league-wide this week yep. because none of the starters play during the exhibition season. So take everything this week with a a large not just a grain of salt but a salt lick. But a big old bag now, of it. Yeah. Now now my baseball comments Bob, I'm taking you on. Um <laughs> what if they introduced a rule in the NFL that you had to play a certain defense, that you had to have X guys on one side and X guys on the other. The only That's difference, what, Mitch, the difference yeah. is in football, uh, your defense can play wherever it wants. So if you are, by definition, a second baseman, you should play at second base or call them well, something else. How about how about safeties and corners playing as linebackers? What about linebackers playing as edge rushers? Doesn't doesn't fly. I think that what this is doing is catering to the swing for the fences, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think it's horrible. Let the players learn to, as we Willie Keeler said, hit them where they ain't. Exactly. Okay. Um, do you think I that the that. third? Do you I think agree, that, I agree with that too? Actually, do you I think agree. that the third baseman should play right field? I think that wherever the manager thinks that he needs to play for one out, he, let him. Look, right now, in, in, in really close games, you will once in a while see an infielder go to the outfield so you'd have four outfielders. No one has ever made an argument that that should stop. Or an outfielder so going to the here? infield so you have five infielders. That's well, going to remain, I, by the way. The yeah, I you know I don't have a problem with it. I I agree with you about the uh, the throwing uh, from the pitcher's mound. I had the honor about twenty plus years ago of of being at a uh, a luncheon function and sitting next to Maury Wills, who's a wonderful wonderful man. Uh, if I were Maury Wills or or Lou Brock 
or any number of stellar base stealers. Um, what you do is, and, and Trey Turner now, by the way, has been, uh, they've thrown to first base almost 180 times to try and keep him, uh, and he's only been thrown out, I think, once this year. If I were one of those guys, I would bait the pitcher into throwing over to first base twice and as soon as that happened, I would take off for second. A lot of runners in the minor leagues do that all the time. I mean, look at I well, mean, the sounds yeah. have like the sounds have like three or four dudes that if they get a single, they're going to try to steal the base on the first pitch. I mean, it is, it is have, an absolutely stupid rule. They do it in the minor leagues. But, so, I mean, and they don't have to throw over to first. They just, roll, they just take off and go. What that will force the pitcher to do is is shorten his his wind up, and he'll have to go to the plate really quickly, yep. or he'll have to learn to wheel and turn and throw to second. And then, time, then and Michael, my brother, the, then Michael, my brother, about a third of the pitchers currently in major leagues will be out of baseball next year. <laughs> oh, definitely that. <laughs> I know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Look, look. Look, Mitch, you're right on that front because look how I mean. Oh my God, uh, there, there are some pictures that take almost 45 seconds just to get to the freaking plate. Well, the 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 Dodgers version of the human rain delay from past years just uh, retired. Uh, I think he retired. Pe- uh, Baez, Pedro Baez. Uh, Pedro, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, <laughs> some of these guys, we could throw to first base more accurately than. Uh, than, than some of these guys, but, but I, I just, I just think, you know, I'm okay with some of the rules changes. I, I don't have a problem with the pitch clock. I'm even, I'm even crazy enough to think that we need the automated strike zone. Um, but I what guess what happens to the human umpire? Where will the human umpires go? Well, when the human umpires like Angel Hernandez stop oh screwing God. up games, Angel Hernandez. Right? Well, he shouldn't be in the majors. Well, well, you're he, right. He got it, up through the minors, but his strike zone still the, sucks. The, the problem, the problem for me with the with the human umpire <laughs> is where where is the strike zone? Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where is the strike zone? Every every batter has a different strike zone. You know. So if if the if the pitch clock or the, I mean the the the, the automated uh, umpire would define the strike zone. I'm okay with that. Now, I look okay. in the days. Now, in the days. Go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead. I was going to say in the days when there were American League and National League umpires, they seemed to have a better notion of each league's strike zone. These days, it it seems as if it depends on on how tall the player is. Uh, it it depends on on so many human factors. And I guess I, I think I heard uh, Charlie Steiner uh, and Rick Monday a couple of weeks ago talking about Joe West, mm-hmm. and West did some kind of check and found that that the automated uh, zone, whatever it's called, was was uh, accurate less often than human umpires. Well, uh, that that will change. They will fix it, but they won't be able to fix it until they absolutely define and train all the umpires coming up what 
what in blazes that that strike zone should be high, low, in and out. Well, it's going to be well, worse next year because each what I know. Each, each baseball team is going to play every other baseball team next year. Yeah, but he, yep. here's here's what I've heard because I listened to a few AAA games. Steve Klauke, when they were in Albuquerque, they had the automated strike zone with the home plate umpire behind the plate still working with a, what is it, with the uh, automated strike zone on their, well, the, the automated strike zone, which was behind the plate right by the screen. And the usual strike zone in the rule book is at the knee. So the human ump could backstop the automation if it broke. Yes. Well, right. actually, no. they have they have some they have somebody that's their specific job is if it goes haywire to reset it. Now, Luther, is it okay if I ask um, Mitch a question? Because Mitch, you're out there in California. Luther, is that all right? I'll yeah. give you permission, Don. No. It's okay. Um, okay, and Mitch. <laughs> here's the yes, thing: sir. you're you're out there in California. Has anybody interviewed Maury Wills and asked him his take? He's still alive. He's 89 years old. I don't know what kind of health he's in, but um, I don't, I'm, and I'm wondering if you have heard any of the local sports people in LA interview the man because he's a heck of an interview. I interviewed him myself in the, oh goodness, the late 90s. And what, what a nice, nice, Man, if he's healthy he, enough, he, I'd love he, to hear his take. Oh, he was well. To answer your question, no, I have not heard him respond uh, to to that particular rule change or any other rule change. I, I can just tell you that when I had lunch with Maury, and I told him I had met him when I was when I was twelve. My uh, my aunt and uncle lived next door to West Parker, and they arranged a uh, dugout visit for me. But and and Wills was a was a neat man then, and then we had uh, we were at this function, and uh, I just I just talked to him for an hour. I was ignoring everything else that was going on <laughs> at the podium, and and Maury and I just talked baseball for an hour. But when I have not heard him say anything about the uh, any of the rule changes. When when was that? When did you have your chance to talk to the man? Um, this was back at an American Council of the Blind Sports Fanatics luncheon. I think we were in. Um, I think we were in either L.A. or San Francisco. It was one of the con- conventions during the nineties. Uh, okay, late nineties. You, know yeah. you know what he was doing in the late nineties? He was doing color commentary for the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks, and he <laughs> he and I was broadcasting for the St. Paul Saints. And he was such a gentleman. He spent. Before had we close this be, out, I know we're running out of time. Had to be 20 minutes, you know, doing an interview with me. And I've, you know, never forgotten. And what a, what a fine man. We have, about, uh, we have about two minutes. I just want to ask Kayla a question. Do you have anybody with their hands raised? No. No, nope, no other hands at this time. Well, there's, All right. there's a couple of podcasts that if you like baseball that I've subscribed. Well, one that I subscribe to and one that I'm going to at some point. There's a podcast with the singing cat with Joe West, who you just mentioned, who was on live at Lowe's last Friday when the Cardinals were playing in the Cubs. And Mike Claiborne and Joe West have a podcast called 5460. 
because Joe West umpired 5,460 games in his Major League Baseball career. And boy, the guests and stories they have there. And then there's another one that is kind of Cardinals, kind of baseball related called the Chatters Box. If you want to listen to interviews with players, minor league so, past and present. So just uh, two quick questions from, from me, if we can get both of them. Monday night game, uh, Broncos, uh, Seahawks. What are your thoughts? Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. Denver. Broncos. And then what about the, uh, the Thursday night game? Uh, Chiefs Chargers. Chiefs Chargers. Chargers Chiefs. I'll I, go Chargers. I, I, at least right now. I'll, I'm going I'll go Chiefs. I'll go Chiefs until I see something else from Brandon Staley that tells me otherwise. Because right now I don't really trust Brandon Staley as far as I can freaking throw him. Okay, well, we and, will see next week, right? And with right that, week. we are out of, out of time, time, gentlemen. So thank you again, everybody. <laughs> Luther, Don, Peter, Reverend Mike. Thank you. Our participants. And Thanks, Kayla. Uh, Kayla, especially for taking the time to On short be with us. Absolutely. So, My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, so Kayla. Go safe with God's abundant blessings, everyone. We'll be back next week. Same time, same station.